Yeah, I'm not gonna go. Do you like that? That was funny. He's smart. Alright, he's funny. Anything else we can do while we're here? I don't know. What, what do we miss? Uh, here we go. Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macrow. Brought to you by Public Safety and Education and the Trigger Pressers Union. And now, your hosts. This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, McLean Corporation, ASP, ESS, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also generously supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. Welcome to Meet the Pressers. I'm Matt Mallory, and this is my esteemed co-host, Clint Macro. And this is a show about shooting, reviews. We do occasional uh, blowing things up, different things like that. We also talk about politics, political activism, and mix in a little bit of faith every once in a while. So, Clint, why don't you tell us about our guest we have on today? Yeah, today our special guest is John Eveland, and he's heavily involved with the North American CWD project. And one of the things that I like to talk about is hunting. Hunting is a huge part of our of our culture and of our heritage in this country, especially here in Pennsylvania. And from a Second Amendment standpoint, the Second Amendment is certainly not about hunting, but that's usually where a lot of new people get their first touch of exercising the right of using a firearm. And in Pennsylvania and across the country, we have a, a disease that's starting to wipe out the deer herd all over the place called CWD. The North American CWD Project is a nonprofit that is working towards not only controlling CWD, but finding a cure. So John, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself real quickly to get our viewers caught up on who you are and then talk about the CWD Project. I've uh, been involved in Pennsylvania wildlife management for a long time. Started my career at Penn State long time ago, uh, back in the 70s actually, when I conducted the first bear research program in Pennsylvania and wrote the uh, management plan for the state. It's pretty much in effect to, uh, to this day. Right after that, I uh, conducted elk research and uh, wrote a management plan for elk and, and uh, uh, designed the lottery system and even the uh, uh, elk visitor center. I did the initial conceptualization and design of that. Uh, because I had done the original research and written the management plans for two of the three big game mammals in Pennsylvania. Our previous governor had asked me to look into the Game Commission's deer management program, uh, which is the third big game mammal in Pennsylvania. I did so, and it eventually led to uh, CWD, which was a threat to uh, actually change the face of Pennsylvania by uh, literally exterminating uh, deer and deer hunting as as we know it. Chronic wasting disease uh, is, well, it had previously been unknown as to what had caused it, but it affects the uh, neural system, especially the brain, uh, deer, elk, moose, caribou, uh, a group of animals called cervids, it's a scientific term, the deer family uh, in, North, uh, in North America. Uh, the disease uh, results in a, a, a pitting, a, a uh, holes that are developed in the brain, 
and this leads to uh, pretty rapid death. Uh, the incubation period is thought to be about uh, maybe 18 to 24 months, so up to two years that a deer can actually have this and look uh, quite healthy. But once they uh, become symptomatic, once these symptoms occur, the deer will start to look lethargic, walk around, it'll desiccate, it doesn't drink or eat, it loses weight, and eventually it just succumbs to, uh, to the disease. Uh, and people uh, call that zombie deer, are they kind of the... Zombie deer, yeah, yeah exactly. They walk around like zombies. Uh, people can actually walk up to the animals, they have no fear of humans. Uh, I think they lose almost all, uh, eventually, consciousness. Um, it's a, uh, it's an always fatal disease and 50 years of research, um, in mainstream, uh, uh, community has moved us not one inch forward in learning how to deal with the disease. It's now in 26 states, um, was discovered here in Pennsylvania in 2012. And since then it's been doubling every year and, uh, probably within 10 years or less, it will have covered the entire state. I joined forces with uh, a professor, a doctor in Louisiana, who had discovered a cure, uh, the, the real reason for uh, chronic wasting disease, which is a bacterium and not a prion or a malformed protein as has been thought for the past 50 years. So this disease is very, very similar to other diseases animals have, like mad cow and even what's it, Kreutzfeldt's Jacobs disease in humans, is that correct? Uh, absolutely, there's a, uh, a group of diseases, neurological diseases that are called, uh, they're referred to as transmissible spongiform encephalopathies, and in short, TSEs. These TSEs cause this spongy uh, neurological problem in the brain, uh, and they're all believed to be caused by uh, the same vector, which has been thought for 50 years to be a malformed protein called a prion. Uh, uh, it's uh, now of quite importance to us, of course, as chronic wasting disease, but uh, sheep get it. It's called uh, scrapie disease, uh, sheep and goats. Uh, it's mad cow disease, as has been uh, prominent a few years back, especially in, in England. Uh, that jumped species to humans uh, from eating uh, infected uh, beef, and uh, even lions and tigers from eating, uh, I think, bone meal from, uh, in, in zoos, eating bone meal from uh, uh, infected sheep and goats uh, wow. succumbed to the disease. So it's a lot like cancer in, in humans in that sense, where it's just, you know, everywhere, no really, no really good way to, to fight it or to, to stop it. No one until Dr. Bastian and our project, the North American CWD project, uh, uh, no one has come up with, with any hope whatsoever. Uh, we think we can go way beyond hope. We think awesome. we have not only found the vector, but we can come up with vaccines and test kits that uh, will possibly put it into uh, control and remediation uh, as, as soon as, as one year, if we can get adequate funding. Wow. Other TSEs in humans include uh, uh, Parkinson's disease, uh, ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, and possibly even Alzheimer's. And when you consider that uh, there are 500,000 new Alzheimer's patients just in America every year, hmm. uh, if we were to be able to affect even a, uh, a small percentage of those, we could be looking at 
tens, hundreds of thousands, and even millions of people that we might be able to cure in short order. So the goal was to cure chronic wasting disease in the animals, and you've actually possibly come up with a cure for humans as well. Absolutely. That's, That's part of our 10-year plan. Uh, we've actually, uh, we, we are now operating a laboratory uh, that's, it's a private lab called Bastion Laboratory for Neurological Disease Research. Uh, uh, we set Dr. Bastion up uh, in New Orleans at the University of New Orleans. And it's in the university's, uh, what they call the Advanced uh, Materials Research Institute. And it's kind of a breeding ground for new uh, businesses and, and research. And so we set up a lab there. And as of March 1st, we will be actually doubling the size of the lab in the hope that we can, at the same time while we're working on CWD, we can start our work on, uh, on human diseases. Amazing. That's, yeah, that's the, great. The, the implications that CWD has on just the deer population is a biological nightmare. I think Brian Burhans from the Game Commission said that CWD was a biological nightmare, if I'm, mm. I remember correctly his terminology. But also what it will do to the sport, and I think in turn what it can potentially do to the Second Amendment, because I'm a hunter. I grew up hunting. It's part of my heritage and my tradition. But I have to be honest, I am a little nervous about feeding my family venison. Because what if it is an infected deer? And, and uh, there was a study done by the, the Canadians and the Germans, is that correct, where, where certain primates were able to contract the disease by eating infected meat? Can yeah, there's an ongoing study right now. Um, I think they're, they're already nine years into the study, and they did a preliminary report which showed that uh, macaque monkeys, uh, which are, are among our closest primate relatives, uh, they were fed infected venison and they all came down with the disease, which is really scary. We believe that the same bacterium that causes mad cow disease causes chronic wasting disease. And in England, people who ate the beef from mad cow disease came down with the disease. Yeah. Uh, Kreutzfeldt-Jacob disease is uh, a human disease that is, was believed not to be very prevalent. Uh, there only are, are about 350 cases in the United States every year. And it seems to be, uh, it can incubate in humans for decades. And then mm -hmm. it manifests once it, uh, people reach the age of 50 or 60. Mm. Um, however, once it manifests, uh, the humans don't last for, it's not like Alzheimer's, they, they die usually within months, uh, a year at most. Uh, we have discovered, Dr. Bastian has isolated this bacterium, the same one that causes CWD, as causing CJD in humans, Creutzfeldt-Jacob disease. Uh, in discussions that I've had with a uh, hospital uh, just this year, uh, that's within the heavily deer hunted area, um, they were very concerned in that within the last year or so, their number of CJD cases has has uh, spiked its threefold from what it was in previous years. And their concern is it could be caused from people that are eating infected venison. Interesting. Uh, I, I had heard a story yesterday from a, from a gentleman who uh, shared with me that his mother died from uh, uh, Kreutzfeldt-Jacobs disease. And he had mentioned that it was like she was fine this month and two months later she was dead. And it was interesting, there was another woman 
who lived on the other side of the state that contracted about the same time. And, and through his investigations, they figured out that both he and this other woman's husband had a tree stand right next to one another and they were hunting the same hollow. Yeah. And so he felt that the connection could potentially have been some infected deer that maybe had CWD but weren't necessarily showing the symptoms. So, you know, with that story alone, the potential of how this could spread so quickly yeah. is, is there. Hello, everyone. This is Gabby Franco, and this is Meet the Pressers with Matt Mallory and Clint Macro. Meet the Pressers. The goal is to detect it prior, and then also you have a treatment for people who are already infected. Is that correct? Many of the products that we think we can have out, test kits and vaccines, can be done in 8 to 12 months with adequate funding. The first thing that we're going to bring online uh, to protect sportsmen from eating infected venison is called a diagnostic uh, a servid test kit. With a drop of blood, we are not testing for a protein or a prion that only comes, that only manifests itself after 18 months or two years. We test for the bacterium that is there from day one. So when a hunter shoots his deer in the field, he uses a drop of blood in our test kit, he'll be able to tell immediately whether or not the deer is infected. That will prevent tens, 100,000 people uh, every year if they have our test kit from eating infected venison. Uh, the next thing uh, that will come down the pike uh, will be a vaccine. Uh, the vaccine will be uh, an injectable vaccine. Uh, that'll be used uh, primarily for deer farmers. Um, and then we'll have an oral vaccine. Uh, that oral vaccine uh, can be put in cattle feed, uh, sort of like uh, you put medicine in the supplemental feeding, you know, for cattle. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do the same thing, and you put it around the perimeter of the deer management, the disease management areas, and you can actually contain it. Uh, you can uh, start creating, uh, uh, preventing deer, sort of like the polio vaccine, you know, from mm -hmm. from getting infected. And hopefully, we uh, it's possible that this could even be curative. And, and uh, so you start working the animals back uh, toward an, uh, an epicenter. Uh, we would hope to have a, uh, uh, a product developed also for sportsmen. Um, and this would be a diagnostic test kit so that hunters would be able to test themselves and their, and their families just mm. like they test the deer in the field. Wow. To see That's if they're infected with the disease. Uh, and so we would immediately be working on a, a vaccine for humans. Uh, that would be infected, and then that would lead into other vaccines for humans for CJD and possibly even Alzheimer's. Up to now, the conventional wisdom or, or the science has been that the disease was caused by that misfolded uh, protein, like you said, the prion. And using, say, for instance, you know, here I'm in Pennsylvania, so using the Pennsylvania Game Commission science, that prion that is the quote cause of it lives in the soil, it can't be killed, it can't be burnt, because it's not alive, it's, it's a protein, right? So it can't be frozen, can't be burnt. So a lot of the management programs across the country have been uh, geared around towards lessening the deer herds, thinning out the deer herd, doing, uh, culling the herd. I don't see how that makes any sense if they call the herd, which would be random, you know, they may get ones that, that are infected, but they may get ones that are healthy, Culling the herd doesn't take care of the problem, especially if it lives in the soil and the plants. Like any deer that come back 10 years later are very likely to contract the disease again, right? Right. Absolutely. In most states uh, that I've checked into now, the deer that are culled uh, 
they all show up negative to the disease. Uh, there are always a small percentage of animals who have a natural immunity to it. So when you go in and cull the herd, you're killing, you're killing off the ones that are immune that could pass that Absolutely. gene onto their offspring. Absolutely, and you're going right back to day one in that whole process, natural selection process. Uh, what we are finding out is that uh, the, the protein, which cannot really replicate, it's not a living thing, it's not a living organism, uh, it's being malformed into what they call a prion by this bacterium, which uses this protein as a receptor mechanism to gain entrance to the brain cell. We so the, pro the, the protein's a symptom or a vehicle, it's not the cause, it's the bacteria's the cause. product of the bacterial action. Yeah. Um, it is possible and likely that it is a necessary step in the process. Uh, back a half century ago when they found, they discovered that this malformed protein showed up uh, in every case with a diseased animal, with a, with a dead animal, that was the case. It did show up, but they assumed that that prion was the cause of the disease and it was just a byproduct of the bacterial action. Uh, one of the reasons that the bacterium was not discovered uh, is that it is a previously unknown uh, bacterium that ba Dr. Bastian uh, found was so small that it'll fit within a virus filter. Now let me uh, explain that. A bacterium, say, might be this big. And then half that size or less is the size of most viruses. This bacterium is so small that it's smaller than a virus. And so no one even thought to look for it. They always found the prion, so they assumed that that was, that was the cause of the disease. So this, uh, this tiny critter is what is present in the soil. Uh, that's, we found that it can live in plants. Uh, it forms, uh, as many different bacteria do, a biofilm that once it gets on, say, a, a, a hunter's knife, if he's cleaning his deer, within possibly 10 minutes, a biofilm will form that protects those bacterial cells. Dr. Bastian has uh, had a difficult time at first growing these little critters. And now he's found the auger uh, in the laboratory that he can grow them on. And uh, he and his assistant can grow them uh, now uh, just as a normal, uh, a normal process without even thinking about it. Others have said, we haven't been able to duplicate his work. Well, naturally, it took <laughs> probably a year to figure wow. out how to grow the thing. What we have found out is that with prions or the proteins, there's really no way to deal with them. You can't come up with a vaccine or something like that. It's not a living organism. But with a bacterium, you can. You, you create an uh, uh, antibody uh, for it and develop a vaccine. And so with a simple antibiotic, you can kill a bacterium. And so this thing that's immune to almost everything in nature for killing it, we may, able, we may be able to deal with it with a simple antibiotic. Wow. It's, just, it's amazing. I mean, that boggles my mind. All, all of the stuff you just said, it's like, it hurts my head just to think about how much you had to go through and trial and error to, to, to come up with what you've come up with. It's, it's, it's remarkable. There are certain regulatory methods that you can use um, in deer management uh, to stall the progress of the disease, mm -hmm. even without uh, 
uh, vaccines, et cetera. And what we found out or what has been determined is that adult bucks, uh, and that's age three years and older, which is what Pennsylvania manages their deer herd for, are five times as likely to carry the disease as yearling females or yearling buck, and twice as likely to have it as adult doe. So it is the adult buck that is uh, most likely to carry it. Uh, I have been, I have asked the game commission to consider this uh, <coughs> as, as long as two or more years ago, uh, the antler restrictions that were uh, instituted, you know, at least 10 years ago or more are actually encouraging the spread of the disease in the state. Some states that now realize this are going back to the three inch uh, uh, antler uh, the way it used to be, you know, spikes uh, years ago. Uh, according to the studies, um, if you promote um, a population of younger animals, like we used to have before we have antler, had antler restrictions, like 90 some percent of the buck that were killed were yearlings. And at that time, the guys were very happy with it. Uh, and you promote, promote uh, uh, a lot of doe in the population and few old buck that you can actually stop the disease and possibly even put it into remediation, start to contract the disease with that simple management application and that's controlling the age and sex structure of the population these studies have shown that the density of animals uh, is not a contributing factor it's the number of does versus the number of old buck what can sportsmen do to help protect themselves and help manage the spread of cwd in pennsylvania or any other state that, that may have this there's great concern when you process your deer uh, uh, that you could be spreading it, especially through a processor, through processing. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I can't see how that just wouldn't happen anyhow. I mean, if the three of us harvested a deer and we took it to the processor and we said, I want half of my deer as sausage, I'm going to get your deer and your deer. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's a risk I would never take anymore. Um, and when Going we back study up. in the disease management areas, Given the fact that there's a two-year incubation period for the disease, yeah. uh, the disease map that shows up on the Game Commission's uh, geographic dis distribution, uh, two years behind, looking at an actual spread of the disease that's two years, two years progressed, you know, beyond that map. Learn how to protect yourself and help manage the spread of CWD. Download Chronic Wasting Disease: What You Need to Know from the North American CWD Project website. On behalf of Allegheny County Sportsman's League, I'd like to donate another $10,000 for uh, the North American CWD Project to help find a cure for CWD. I thank you very much, Clint. On behalf of Unified Sportsmen and their Sportsmen of Pennsylvania, hopefully we can find a cure for this. This money will be used by Dr. Bastian in Louisiana with his research project to find vaccines and a test kit, and also here in Pennsylvania for establishing some centers to check for CWD. If people want to donate, you can go on gousp.org or northamericancwdproject.org, find the information, and fill out the application to make donations. All of your donations can help us find a cure for CWD.
The North American CWD project is designed to find a cure. And uh, we're, we're bankrolling. I say we, uh, those our viewers know, I'm president of Allegheny County Sportsman's League. We're one of the uh, organizations in Pennsylvania that has pledged money and, and uh, gave you another big check the other day, just a, a, a dent in the bucket, but we're doing our part. And along with Unified Sportsmen of Pennsylvania, and there are a few other organizations too that have been involved with that. Pennsylvania State Camp Association, okay. uh, Cinema Hunting Sportsman Club, um, uh, and so many individual sportsmen across the state are putting in anything from ten dollars to one hundred dollars, two hundred dollars, and more, thousand uh, dollars, and it all builds up. But when you consider the fact that uh, we need probably two and a half million dollars a year to move this project in a linear fashion, a linear 10-year plan. Now, what that means is we first uh, solve the CWD problem, uh, which will take a few years, and then we move on into our five-year and 10-year plan, starting to deal with Creutzfeldt-Jacob disease and then other human diseases until we culminate in Alzheimer's. Uh, and it's just a matter of manpower. Mm -hmm. and the amount of money that's needed to do two parallel projects. However, uh, I figured out that if we can have uh, $6 million, uh, that we can operate both labs at the same time. Uh, we already uh, are, are now leasing, as of March 1st, uh, next few days, uh, a second parallel lab. We don't have the manpower for it right now, uh, or the money uh, to move it forward, but we decided we had to take advantage. The lab became available. There is so much at risk with all these human diseases. So the stage is set for us to move on two parallel paths, which is the $6 million uh, target area. When you consider that they are spending billions, not mm -hmm. millions, billions of dollars on prion research, and this has been going on for a half century, what we're looking at is, is nothing. It's, it's absolutely Ludicrous, ludicrous, slappingly small. <laughs> when I think they the spent research. more than that last year on like the uh, mating habits of the dung beetle or something, right? I mean, it's Absolutely. like, like the, the amount of money spent. That, yeah, this, what we can accomplish with such a small amount of money. We need to have samples from virtually every one of the 26 states. We need to have samples of mule deer. We mm -hmm. need to have samples of elk. Uh, and the moose that have contracted it. We need to test it out to see if there are different strains and, strains and if, the if the vaccine has to be adapted accordingly. Mm -hmm. uh, because we're having such a difficult time in getting states to give us samples. Uh, right. Don't ask me why, you know, but we can't even get a lymph node from many states uh, because of the competition that we uh, pose with the prion people. Uh, the prion theorists. And you're not asking for the whole head, you're just asking for a blood sample, correct? Yeah, let me tell you how ridiculous <laughs> it is. We're trying to get samples, okay? Uh, in Pennsylvania, we're working with the Game Commission right now on getting samples, and we've been going around, well, they've been requested for uh, over a year uh, to provide us with samples, and now it's gotten intensified within the last month or two. They offered us, uh, as many as a hundred samples, half of them being infected and half being not infected, which was great, uh, so that we could use the non-infected ones as a as a control. Mm -hmm. But they were all fixed in formaldehyde. Now, if you're doing research on prions on a protein that's not living, that's not a problem. 
that when you're dealing with a bacterium and they set forever in formaldehyde, uh, it's going to alter it. Chances are that you're going to kill the bacterium uh, yeah. over that um, amount of time. So we're dealing with something. All these samples that are that are useless, useless yeah. Yeah. that are useless. Not only that, uh, transfer agreements that we've uh, had given to us uh, in order for us to accept or have them shipped to us have so many constraints that we'd be virtually giving away the entire project. Uh, when we tried to get them Wisconsin, Wisconsin's transfer agreement was so restrictive, we would have given them the whole project. We couldn't have moved without their approval on every single thing from now to, uh, uh, throughout the future. The federal government, the USDA labs, the same thing. We, this, the first one we would sign, we would, be, we, would be, we would be done. The one in Pennsylvania, the same thing. Uh, I will say that Dr. Bastian, uh, the lab is fully USDA approved, uh, plus he has his USDA uh, permit for transport and import, which means all any state needs to do to be totally legal is just simply pack up the sample, a frozen sample, not in formaldehyde, put it in dry ice, package it properly, put one copy of our uh, USDA permit in with it, and ship it to us. It's that simple. Wow. We don't need hmm. transfer agreements or anything else. Hmm. It's easier than shipping a gun. I mean, <laughs> it's true. easier than shipping a firearm. Absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah. John, it's it's been a, a tremendous pleasure to have you on. I, I learned a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of things, and definitely uh, am interested in helping personally as much as I can. And, and obviously, whatever Clint and I can do uh, under Meet the Pressers brand, we'd definitely love to help help drive uh, drive money and po possibly the pol political aspect of it too to to help you out. Yeah, contact your state and federal uh, uh, elected officials. And I would like to say that we are in no way uh, trying to work in, uh, uh, contrary to the game uh, to the game commission, Department of Agriculture, or anything else. Good we would know. like to work in, in, in tandem with them uh, in making this go forward. However, there is only one direction that I can see that this has to go, and there's really not a lot of room for compromise right now. We need samples. We need to do the vaccines. We need to get the test kits out there as soon as possible to protect our lives. Agreed. Definitely. North American CWD project is a website. So go on there, educate yourself. I happen to know a fair bit about that website. Mm -hmm. uh, look at all the information there. There are layman's explanations and there are also very detailed scientific -y kind of explanations and direct your legislators to check that site out too. Let them educate themselves on this, on this epidemic and perhaps they can in turn use their influence to get some money and some samples to, to John and, and Dr. Bastian. Yep. I would like to say in closing that Clint has done our website uh, and I thank you for it. Uh, you've been a, a fabulous uh, help in this whole process. Uh, Allegheny County Sportsman has uh, been a partner with us from day one on this, uh, going back uh, uh, years. And without uh, Clint, without Unified Sportsman, uh, working on this, uh, uh, we wouldn't even be sitting where we are right now. So I have to thank you personally here uh, uh, in front of your audience for what you've done. Well, I appreciate that, John. I appreciate you you working with Dr. Bastian and, and doing the science and bringing it to us because we didn't really know anything about it prior to that. And, and uh, hopefully we'll get more people involved and we'll help find a cure for CWD. Definitely. So, great. Have a great day, sir. <laughs> Pleasure meeting you. Have a great day. Thanks, Matt. There's a lot of sponsors that make this show possible, like Mantis. Make sure you check them out and give them your business.
This episode is brought to you by Mantis. Mantis X helps shooters suck less. Meet the Pressers is sponsored by Next Level Training, Saber Red, McLean Corporation, ASP, ESS, Common Sense Self-Defense, and T1 Ammunition. Meet the Pressers is also supported by these fine companies, ranges, and our Patreon members. Thank you. So until next time, and beep. Yeah, I fumbled that. Right. Wanna try it again? Yeah. All right. Thanks for watching the show. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, click the little bell, come on Patreon, help support us that way, come to one of our classes, or host us, we can come to you and do one of our courses at your location. So until next time, adieu. Thank you for watching Meet the Pressers.